Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Whether you're a first-time listener, one of our regulars, or one of those who is committed to either reading through or journaling through the Bible with us, thanks for listening. This is Episode 4, Season 1 of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament Podcast. Today we're looking at Genesis Chapter 4. The title of today's podcast is Innocence Betrayed. And our key passage is verses 1 through 8 of Genesis chapter 4, the very familiar Sunday school story of Cain and Abel. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel in his offering, but for Cain in his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. This is the word of the Lord. And so this is a very important passage of the Bible. We now have the first community, and we see that even in the first generation of the natural-born human beings that God had blessed planet Earth with, sin is already alive and well. And we see a trend that is going to continue through much of the Bible. Now, for those of you who are journaling with us through the Bible, we do have those words of wisdom sections that we include in our journaling. And this is one of those words of wisdom sections. It says, good people can expect to suffer for doing good in this life. This is sad but true. It is the definition of injustice. And we see it playing itself out here in the story of Cain and Abel. Now, I do have in chapter 4, a couple of those red kairos, one on verse 1 and another on verse 8. And those kairos, remember, they're pointing us to types of Christ, ways that we're going to see little glimpses or glimmers of what Jesus is going to do in the New Testament here as we continue to walk through and journal through the Old. And the reason why I have a kairo on that verse 1 is because when Eve gave birth to Cain, She was excited. She says, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Many interpreters, myself included, take this to mean that Eve thought she had given birth to her Savior when she gave birth to Cain. Sadly, nothing could have been further from the truth. God had promised Adam and Eve before he kicked them out of the garden that he was going to give them a Savior, that the son of a woman would be that promised Savior who would redeem them and save them from sin and death. But Cain, instead of being an instrument of righteousness, ends up becoming an instrument of unrighteousness. He, as the story goes on, doesn't listen to the word of the Lord. God had given Adam and Eve animal sacrifice there in the Garden of Eden as a way that they were going to show God their their love and their appreciation for his promise to save them. But Cain, being somebody who was a farmer and a worker of the earth, decided that instead of bringing the animals of his flock, that he was going to bring the fruit of the earth, which is not what God had asked. And so it becomes pretty apparent very early in this chapter 
that Cain is not listening to the Lord. He is not interested in following the Lord. He is not exercising faith. He somehow thinks that he knows better than God by offering this sacrifice that is not the sacrifice that God had given to Adam and Eve and their descendants, that bloody animal sacrifice that is going to become the basis for the Old Testament worship life of God's people. Anytime that any one of us thinks that we know better than God and we are going to do our own thing instead of listening to the Lord and following him in faith, suffering is bound to follow because suffering in many ways is the fruit of folly. It is the fruit of unrighteousness. And Abel stands as a faithful foil of Cain because Abel is listening to the Lord. He knew those promises. He knew those stories that his mom and dad had taught him. And so he wants to do as the Lord has encouraged and asked. And so he is bringing not only some of his flock, but we are told it is the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. In other words, he's bringing the firstborn, the very strongest and the very best. This is truly a sacrifice of faith because by giving the firstborn, he is trusting that the Lord is going to provide for him by allowing his flock to continue to grow and multiply, even if he gives the very first and the very best to God. And this is a wonderful example for us as God's people to follow. You know, we don't always understand why it is that God asks the things that he asks. We don't always understand how it is that things are going to work out for us. We cannot see the future, but we live our lives in faith, trusting that God knows and that God does, and that he is not going to lead us astray, but rather he is going to bless us as only he can for our faithfulness and obedience. Now, what happens in verses 8 and 9 does not look like a blessing because Cain is going to rise up in anger. He is jealous of the relationship that his younger brother has with God. But instead of repenting, instead of turning from his own way, he lashes out in anger and we are told that he murders his brother. And because Abel was killed for righteousness, for being faithful by the unrighteous brother, that is why I have one of those red kairos here on this passage. Because Jesus is the one who was killed, the innocent one, killed by the guilty. And not just one human being by another human being. No, Jesus suffered and died for the sin of the whole world. Every human being who has ever sinned is guilty of nailing Jesus to the cross because it was our sin for which he suffered and died. But it is through his sacrifice and the death of the innocent one and the righteous one that we, poor miserable sinners, can be forgiven through faith and be given the promise of everlasting life, even though we are guilty and Jesus was not. And this is one of the most basic messages of the Bible that we see illustrated here in Genesis chapter 4 as we consider the great injustice of the death of the sinless one on our behalf, the guilty ones, simply because God is a God of love and mercy. And thus, Abel is for us a powerful type of Christ. Now, we're going to see that as the story continues and the chapter continues, it's going to follow the family line of Cain, and we're going to see that they continue in their father's unrighteous way. We get towards the end of the chapter. We are introduced to a man named Lamech who kills a man, and God had protected Cain from the wrath of others by putting a mark on him. But Lamech 
His protection is going to be the defense and the strength that he has. He says in verse 24, if Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is 77-fold. We don't know why it was that Lamech killed this young man, but he did. And he is promising that if anyone would hurt or harm him, he is going to dole out retribution seven times or 77 times or 70 times seven times. And this is an illustration of human nature when we are left to our own devices. I do have another one of those word of wisdom sections here. It says, people never want to get even. They always want to get more than even. And this is true as today as it was back then. And this is how sin works. Even good people, even faithful people need to be on watch, on guard against themselves because it is our nature to want to get more than even. When somebody wrongs us or we feel like they wrong us, we don't want to get just even. We want to get more than even. And so Lamech here is an illustration of human nature when we are left to our own devices. But the chapter does not end with anger and murder, but rather with the birth of a third son for Adam and Eve named Seth, of whom Eve says, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. And as we get to the next chapter of Genesis, what we're going to see is that the story is going to follow the family line of Seth, who is the son of promise. He is not perfect, but he is righteous. He is a faithful man, and he is going to be faithful in handing the promise of salvation that God had given to Adam and Eve down to the next generation and the next generation, so that Noah is going to be born of the descendants of Seth, who are men and women of faith and integrity, who even though they are sinful as Cain's descendants, according to their human nature, are going to listen to the Lord, they're going to follow the Lord, and they are going to be the blessing and they are going to be the hope for humanity and all of creation as God continues to work out this promise of salvation through them as they listen to their parents, learn of his love, and become active participants in God showing his love by walking before him in faithfulness and in truth. A couple of tips and tricks for those of you who are really into the Family Bible journey. If you'd like to binge maybe just the Old Testament or the New Testament episodes, if you go to our page on Podbean, you can sort our episodes based on Season 1 for the Old Testament or Season 2 for the New. And regardless of the podcast player you use, You can always sort the episodes from oldest to newest. That way you're listening chronologically with us through the Bible. If you're one of those ones who's committed to either journaling or journeying with us through the Bible beginning to end. Our blessing for today. May you find a friend in Jesus when you are betrayed like Abel and suffer for righteousness. Amen.